0: to them. Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. And so it's just this big moment of like, oh my goodness, God has saved us. He's rescued us. Let's praise him. Let's sing. And I feel like that's a lot of what we do at Easter, right? Like it is a party in there. And we remember Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and the fact that he walked right out of that grave. And it's just like, this is amazing. This is crazy awesome. And that's why it's like, it. I don't know if I've ever seen it more hype in the main room than on Easter. Like, it's, people are clapping, which, like, we—I don't know why we struggle to do that. We, it's like, I don't know if I can clap my—I don't know. <laughs> and, and it's funny, and, but, like, we were—people were getting after it, and it was awesome. So then now watch this. This is the verse that's up on the screen. This is Exodus 15, um, 22 through 24. This is literally right after they have been led out of Egypt, out of slavery— the, the angel of the Lord passed over them. They've walked through the sea. They've seen miracles. Here we go. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah because it means bitter. That's, just, that's for free. <laughs> Here we go. This is, this is important, though. Listen to this. Verse 24. And the people grumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Let me read that again. And the people grumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Okay, hold on, time out. You just watched God open the sea. it split in half. That doesn't just happen. And now they have just literally just finished singing and dancing and praising. And then after a couple days, after three, they go three days into the wilderness, they can't find water. And already their hearts have turned into this kind of grumbling mess where it's just like, what are we going to do? What do you mean, what are we going to do? Haven't you seen what we, this is crazy. And I want to say how many of us, so right, we're like, we're literally one week after Easter where we celebrate the, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And it's like, that was amazing. That's awesome. And we're so excited. How quickly do we forget what God has done for us in our own lives, the things he's taught us, the things that he's shown us? That's where Israel finds themselves. Let's, let's continue on. Um, skip ahead just a, a couple verses um, into chapter 16. Spoiler alert in the last couple of verses. God provides water for them. He does that. 16, verse 2. This is after they've they've set out again. The whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out here into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Okay, hold on. Time out. Do you see what's happening here? Like, it has not even been that long since they have seen God rescue and save them. They grumbled the first time about water. God gives them water. And now they're out there and they're like, I'm hungry. (laughs) How many of you, that's like every day when you get... Picked up and you drive home from school. That's like, yeah, okay. That's most of you. That makes sense. It's like three o'clock and you're like, you just had lunch at like 1:30, because lunch is absurdly late. And it's like three o'clock. And you're like, but I'm hungry. Uh. Here's the thing. Let me tell you this. Leland, my son, um, again, two and a half years old. We give him breakfast. This kid eats like a champ. All right. The other day, it was Monday. He had a banana, like a full banana. I made him two eggs, put some cheese on it. He had a bowl of yogurt and a granola bar. And then he ate like half an orange. All right? This kid can't eat. He literally asks to be excused from the table, which I'm pretty excited about. He goes, can I be excused? And I'm like, yes. Yes, you can. We had a great breakfast. He walks over to the pantry and looks at me and goes, snack? (laughs) No! We just finished eating. What are you doing? Like... Here's this, here's this thing about us as, as human people. We have this thing, we have these things called appetites um, that like never go away. Like how many of you, after Thanksgiving dinner, you stuff yourself, you pass out, take a nap after lunch, and then it's like five o'clock and you're like in the fridge again. And you're like, I wonder what's in here. It's like, and after lunch, yeah, all of you guys, that makes sense. Like even after you eat Thanksgiving dinner, you're like, I couldn't eat another bite. And then like four hours later, you're like, maybe some Oreos. That would be great. I would totally, I'd be all in on that. All right. We have these things called appetites, which like we satisfy for just a little bit and then that hunger or that thirst, those things come back. And, and honestly, part of that is good, right? Because if you just like ate once and then you were never hungry again, like if your body didn't tell you, hey, I'm hungry, I need food, um, or, hey, I need water, I'm thirsty, you would like wither away and die. Um, and so appetites can be a good thing because they tell us when we need certain things um, that are good to sustain us and good, um, good for us. And so those things keep coming back. But here's the thing too, sometimes we, we have appetites that are a part of our lives that, that keep pulling us back to things that may not be healthy for us. Like I legitimately have an appetite all the time for Oreos, that wasn't a joke. Um, I could eat a full sleet, no, nay, a box of full Oreos if I did not stop myself. And it wouldn't matter how full I felt. it was I would go through like a half a gallon of, of vitamin D whole milk and a full box of Oreos. Oh man, I could just, every day, I could just eat Oreos because I had this appetite for them, right? Like it's sweet, it's, it tastes good, it, it, oh, and they have to be double-stuffed, too. They can't be the regular. People who buy regular stuffed Oreos, something is wrong with you, all right? I'm so sorry. I just judged you. It's happening, all right? So hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. <laughs> That's right. I know. I'm sorry. But I have this appetite for Oreos. And in the same way, so listen up, guys. Listen up. This is, this is where I'm going with this. In the same way, for many of us, I think that sometimes we have appetites for other things other than food that are not good for us, that are not healthy for us, and ultimately do not draw us closer to Jesus, right? Like, I think that for a lot of us in here, um, especially guys, if you're not careful, if you allowed yourself, you would sit in front of a TV screen with an Xbox controller in your hand for hours and hours and hours on end. You would maybe sleep for like three, and you would wake up, and you would do it all over again, all right? And you know that that's true because some of you have done it. Like spring break, I don't like your parents maybe saw you come out of the basement for like an hour and a half to grab like a bag of Cheetos. All right? Same thing. For for most of us, here's a big thing for us. We have this weird appetite for social media and our phones and and likes and Instagram and Snapchat and all these things where we just kind of keep coming back to these things and we spend our time doing these things. We spend our time um, looking at pictures or taking, like you're sending messages to your friends that are just across the room or that you just hung out with and there's no actual talking happening and it's just like, we just have this odd appetite. How many of us, how many of us in here have a phone or, or have social media of some kind? Okay, so that's most of us. All right, let me ask this question and be honest. How many of you legitimately think that you probably spend too much time on your phone? How many of you wish that you spent less time on your phone? That's a good number of you. How many of you have tried and felt like you failed? That's, I'm not, I'm honestly not surprised by that because here's the thing, you guys. I'm pretty sure the only reason that, mo- that the ones of you didn't raise your hand probably are the ones that either don't have phones or like have the, can't use them all the time, right? Or aren't allowed to have social media accounts. It is, it can be addicting. It can be something that's in our lives that we have this app. Like we keep coming back to it and we spend our time and our energy and our effort on this thing and then you get done with it and you're like, man, I probably could have spent my time a little bit better or I kind of probably could have been doing something else or investing in something else that was maybe more beneficial. And here's the thing. Coming out of Easter... We have, like, this big kind of high, exciting moment here, like, with the church, with our friends. And it's just like, yes, I'm so, gr- I'm so glad what Jesus has done for me, what he's done for us, how he, he, he walked out of that grave. He is alive, and we celebrate that. And it's like, when you're in those moments, some of you that have been at, at mix or at other camps or other things, there's kind of that high moment where you're just like, I want to do nothing else but sit here in the presence of Jesus and just worship and be with him. And then all of a sudden, you walk out those doors, and you spend the next, like, it's five hours on your phone on the couch, just like doing this. And like none of it is constructive. Like all of a sudden you're like, you're like, "How did I get on this meme page?" And, I, and I've been scrolling for hours. What's happening?" And all of a sudden, we, do, we start doing these things that we recognize aren't healthy for us, are beneficial for, to our relationship with Jesus. I'm not saying that phones are evil or that social media is evil. It can be used for good. But the thing is that for many of us, we have these appetites, these things in our lives, and it may not even be social media. That's just a big one that I think impacts a lot of us. There are other things in our lives that we'd like to do that are like blatantly sinful. Like if we're not careful, we get caught up in gossip. Like everybody's like, hey, spill the tea, man. Like just, let's talk about it. What do you got? What do you got for me? All right? let's spill the tea a little bit, all right? I probably said that wrong and I don't care. Um, we get caught up in stuff like that where we, want, we start talking about people behind their backs. And it's easy, right? When somebody's not there and somebody starts railing on somebody, it's just like, man, I can't believe that she did or that he said that. And you're just like, yeah, what an idiot. And you, and you just start going after people. And all of a sudden you find yourself saying these horrible things about maybe people that you would call friends. Like, would you ever say that while they were in the room? And if the answer is no, you need to check where you're at. And maybe even that's happened to you and you've walked away and then like you immediately run into that friend of the hallway and you're like, oh, like you think that somehow they like had like a wire on you and they're like, I know that you're talking about me. I heard it all. And you're just like, ah, and it's this this moment, right? But they don't know. But does does that make it any more right? No, the answer is No. And you maybe feel horrible and bad about it, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm never gonna do that again. I'll never do that again. And then, like, the next day, all of a sudden, you find yourself in another group of friends, and it, like, and it happens again. And you're like, I thought I wasn't gonna do that. You have a ton of friends who, like, their, their favorite words to use are, like, cuss words and swear words and stuff. And you're just like, man, when I'm around them, I just start, like, cussing and stuff. I, I participate, I do that. And then you leave, and you're like, I shouldn't do that anymore. And then the next day you're right back with them and you're hanging out and you're telling dirty jokes and you're swearing and you're like, this is the things that are coming out of your mouth it doesn't even need to be a swear word. Like you can you can tear people down without uttering a curse word, right? Like you can destroy somebody verbally without even using a, a four or three letter word that you're not supposed to use. That's irrelevant. It's where your heart's at. And I think many times we find ourselves, we read verses like this. I can't tell you guys how many times I have been in the book of Exodus or, or Deuteronomy, Like, and I see, we see the people of Israel being rescued time and time and time and time again. And we're just like, man, don't you know that your God is good, that he's faithful, that he wants to know you, that, that you should worship him, that you, you, he, he, he is the God of the universe? Like, how could you miss that? And then if we take a step back, it's like we were just saying those same things last week at Easter. And then wh- where were we at? Where are our hearts at this last week? We go back to what we know. And here's, here's what I want us to look at, all right? Because this doesn't just like, this doesn't just go away. I want to I tell you guys that our hearts are not naturally drawn towards like being more like Jesus from the beginning. Like, if we just let ourselves do whatever, we would probably drift further and further and further away from Jesus. That would be something that happens. But when we spend time with Jesus, if that is something that we are initiating and seeking after, when we spend time with Jesus, or in his word, things start to change in us. He starts to point things out. The Holy Spirit starts to show things in us that, that maybe he wants to take away or, or, or be different. Or He says, let me, let me release you from these things that keep pulling you back. These things that you find yourself in where you're like, I know that I shouldn't do that. I know I shouldn't be a part of those things. I know I shouldn't look at that. I know I shouldn't be over here. I know I shouldn't spend my time this way. And, like, and there's moments where we, we become exasperated and we're just like, God, I said that I was going to try harder and I said that I was going to be better. And and I I know that I promised you that like 18 times and I keep asking for forgiveness, but then I keep going back and I keep doing the same thing that I said that I wasn't going to do. And it it becomes this endless cycle where we feel this guilt and shame. And it's just like, and I'm just trying to be better. Like you're just trying to like hold on harder. And it's like, I just want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better person. I know that I should be, but there's no, how do I do that? And I want to encourage you that the first and foremost, one of the ways that we do that is by spending time with Jesus. And there are so many ways that we can do that. Don't let, don't let reading your Bible be something that you just have a checkbox next to, that you, you check it off in the morning and you say, all right, I did it. It's done. And then if you don't check it off, even, then you feel even worse about yourself for the rest of the day because you're like, oh, I didn't do it. And now I'm probably, I'm a terrible Christian. I'm a terrible person. I, I need to be better at this. Don't let that, like, here's the thing. Just create habits. Make this something that you want to be in. Here's the weird thing. The more that you make yourself read or be in Scripture, here's what I think God does. I think the Holy Spirit starts to change us. He starts to, like, he changes our desires even in the fact that as we get to know who he is more, like, I want more of this. I want more of him. I want more of Jesus. I want to spend more time with him. I want to be with him. I want to be changed by him. It's this weird, like, I can i can barely explain it because when I, when, I, when I say, all right, I'm going to take time today and I'm going, to, I'm going to dig into God's word. Like, God does stuff. He works and he moves in my heart. And then the next day, I'm more open and prone to want to be in this and read or, or even just spend time in prayer. We make, reading the bible and praying like this this thing that's like this checklist and then if we fail at it it's like man why why even try i'm out of here like i failed I, I haven't read in the last 3 weeks or 4 months or maybe i've never even cracked open my bible i've never even i've never even looked so i'm already failing so why even try but jesus says no come to me jesus wants you in his word he wants to show you. He wants to teach you. Scripture tells us that, that the Bible is, is alive. His word is living and active. It does something to us. It changes us. It changes the way that we see other people around us. The more one of the ways that we get to know God better or know Jesus better is by reading about him. By reading. By seeing what he's done, who he is. Because the more that we know about God, the more that we know about ourselves. And it changes us. And so here's the thing. I know that for a lot of us, we have these moments where we just say, like, I just, I just want to be better. Like, I want to try harder. want And there are things in our lives that we, do, we need to cut out. Like, we need, to, we, need to, we need to trim those things from our lives. There are things that are not good for our walk with Jesus. Maybe that's something that's been on your mind this morning. Like, already, like maybe you're sitting here and you know. Like, man, that's the thing, that's it. That's, I need to work on that. I need to, like, I think the Holy Spirit is telling me maybe take a couple steps back from that. Because if we're not careful, we can come here every Sunday morning and say, yes, Jesus, you're awesome. And then we find ourselves looking back at maybe the things that Jesus has already saved us and rescued us from. And if we're not careful, we'll be right back in the midst of those things. And so here's the, here's the last verse that I have for us. 2 Peter two twenty through 22. Peter's actually, he's, he's talking about false teachers, these people who have known Jesus and, and then have, have walked away. It says, for if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. Do you guys ever feel that way? you're just like, yes, I'm all in for Jesus. Maybe after a camp or after a Sunday or after some like just experience you have with Jesus, you're like, yes, I'm all in. I'm I'm doing this. And then like a week or a month later, you're like, man, I feel like I'm worse off than I was before. What happened? It would have been better for them to never have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. And, And now he's talking here about like blatant open rebellion of like, I have seen Jesus. I've seen God and on all that he has to offer. And I'm walking in this direction. All right. That's what he's talking about here. Verse 22, what the, what the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit and the sow, that's a pig. And the pig after washing herself returns to wallow in the mire or in the mud. Like we have these moments where we're like, all right, Jesus, save me, rescue me. I'm clean, I'm yours, I'm all in. And then if we're not careful, we find ourselves back. And so the, the title of, of, of this series has been Looking Back. And more than just like we need to remember what God has done for us. But I think sometimes if we're not careful, Jesus rescues us out of certain situations or a lifestyle or different things. And if we're not careful, we'll, kind of, we'll turn our eye back and we'll say maybe I do want that. And we, and we go back to the thing that he's already saved us from. Watch, watch your heart for that. And where are you at this morning? If we do, if we do not take time to look back and remember what God has done, we could, we quickly forget his goodness and blessing in our lives. That's why we do this. That's why we get together every week. That's why we celebrate Easter every year. So that way we remember what God has done. We see how he's working and how he's moving and what he's teaching us and all these things, and that changes us. It, it keeps us from going back to Egypt. It keeps us from, from desiring to go back to the things that kept us enslaved in the first place and helps us move forward and to look more like him. So I'm gonna pray for us. And as I'm doing that, again, just think through where, where are you at? How has he rescued you? What has he rescued you from? And are you looking back to Egypt? Are you looking back to the things that have kept you in slavery, have held you captive, held your heart captive? And what can we do to move forward from there? Let me pray for us. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for each and every one of these students. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you call us to keep our eyes locked on you not from where we came from, not, not the things that we used to do, God, but you, you call us to look forward. You call us to chase after you, to run after you, to seek you out. God, in, in our seeking of you and our chasing after you, would you remind us of the great love that you have for us, of the way that you have rescued and redeemed us and you continue to make us like you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.